0: Welcome to the podcast, Lucifer's Lair. I've been talking about doing this for quite a long time, and I've been putting it off like all just too much, to be honest. But I finally am like, okay, today I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna actually do the damn thing. And so here we are! Hooray! We'll insert, like, cheering there when it goes up on Spotify, maybe. Or I'll just leave it to be just a really awkward space where it's just me in this room going, (laughs) Woohoo! But hello! Welcome, welcome! So, yeah, we're finally here. I've been talking about it for a long time. I keep putting it off because, like, to be honest, I'm such a perfectionist person, and... I kept being like, no, like, I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And m- the main thing I was most worried about was I don't really remember a lot of the stuff that um, I wanted to talk about, which we'll get into in a second of what this podcast is actually going to be about. Um, I didn't remember, I need to make sure I'm in this right headspace, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, constantly waiting for that headspace to just magically appear is just not the way it's gonna happen so I made sure to write down some bullet points for myself um and just 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 do it because I feel like once I get the first episode done then after that it's gonna be easy peasy lemon squeezy it's just setting up the first uh actual episode oh my gosh I don't know if you can hear my cat in the background, but she is playing with my masks. Can we not? Can't you tell I'm doing something very important at the moment? Would you like to go out? There we go. Okay. (laughs) Living with a cat. That's what it's like, honestly. Okay, so why are we here? What is this podcast about? What am I rambling on about? All right, so if you... Follow me and you know me. Hi, I'm Lucifer. Um, I stream on Twitch at Lucifer Official. Um, I'm also in a punk band called Rotten Reputation. I do drag under the name of Lucifer in Colorado, and um, I also <laughs> I do porn. So if you're not cool with any of those things, this may not be the space for you. Um, this is definitely going to be a very uh, positive environment. And, um, mainly the main thing that we're going to be talking about here is death, which may seem very left field from all the things that I just mentioned, but death is actually a very important and close thing to my heart, uh, because I have died a few times in my life. This is actually... I want to say it's been at least twice, but I think I died three times in total, once being when I was, like, a baby or toddler. I just don't really remember it, but I uh, knew that, um, I did pass when I was younger, but I don't remember it. So we're mainly going to be going off of the times that I've died that I remember, um, and the rest of the podcast, like, once I get, (coughs) excuse me, um, once I talk a little bit more about, like, my experience with death and the things that I've seen in the afterlife and uh, magical stuff, we're also going to eventually bring on guests to the show, talk about their experiences, either with death or with just the beyond. So, I know I've been rambling a bit, but basically, this podcast is going to be about death and the beyond. And honestly, I'm going to be real with y'all, it may start that way and the more episodes we do and the further we get into it, it might take a hard left turn and be something completely different uh, down the line and later because it's my podcast and I'm just going to roll with it however I want to roll with it and try not to stay too boxed in on one thing. But I do definitely think that the continuing theme throughout this entire podcast will be the death and the beyond and magic. So, oh wow, okay, I just, I bounced through a lot of my bullet points, so I need to kind of pull back for a second and rewind. So, the reason I started this is because um, back in May 2020, Uh, I had an open-heart surgery, which we'll get into all the details of all of my surgeries and my heart defects. Um, I had an open-heart surgery. Things uh, did not go well. I ended up uh, dying in this surgery, and then I was put into a coma. After I got out of the hospital and was recovering at home, um, it was during COVID. It was during lockdown. It was during the June and July of COVID lockdown. So I didn't, I, I, well, I had a lot of time to sit and, uh, you know, think about the experience that I had. So I started, when I, I did a little bit when I was in the hospital, but I, I, I'm gonna be real with you. When I was in the hospital, I couldn't really type. Or see too much or even look at screens so when I got out I started writing this big document of all the things that I saw and what happened to me and my experiences with the afterlife and and the in-betweens which we'll get into in a bit so I'm sorry if this is a little confusing I'm just trying to give you a good like (laughs) generalization of everything that's going on Um, so yeah I, I Wrote it all down into this grimoire, basically, and it, I I want to say, it's a, it's like around ten pages give or take, um, and I wrote it all down, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell my story. Uh, I I want to make sure, you know, people hear this, and and for for those that are curious about death in the afterlife, and then also for others who have possibly experienced it, maybe we've experienced the same things, maybe we haven't. I don't know, like, I want to get this information out there. So I started making TikToks, and I actually uh, went viral on TikTok over um, some of these videos and my experiences with the afterlife, but the more I made the TikToks, there was a couple things that happened. One of them, one-minute videos is not enough to explain what I saw in full detail that actually makes sense. Um, so that was one reason to start the podcast is so I can go into a little bit more depth of what it is that I saw and what I experienced rather, rather than just making it like one minute videos. The other thing, and this is another reason why I was hesitant to even do the podcast, was the, the bigger I got, the more people romanticize death in a negative way. And so that brings me to basically a big trigger warning for this entire podcast, this entire series, and basically (laughs) everything that I do, um, that if you are not in a mental state or time in your life to be talking about death in basically a positive way, uh, this may not be the podcast for you. (coughs) Excuse me. um. I, I started to get comments on TikTok of people basically like, oh, you finally gave me a reason to <clears throat> unalive myself. And um, I, I didn't want to be that person that's encouraging death, but more of opening the conversation because in our society, in America, I'm in America, um, here in America... Um, death is something we kind of avoid and, and, and like pull back from, and it's something we don't really talk about. And I want to open up that conversation and make it more of a normalized conversation without it meaning bad news or anything negative. So yes, this podcast is going to be Positively about death. However, that does not mean that I am saying that you should die. I'm saying more that we all will. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Whether we like it or not, that's just the way that the world is. And we need to normalize this conversation just a little bit more um, so we all get a little bit more comfortable with it but not too comfortable you know what I mean I I, I hope that makes sense I feel like I'm probably <clears throat> going a little too far into this but I really want to push that um you know if if you're not in a mental space to handle any of this information that's talking about death in the afterlife. Maybe don't listen to this podcast or maybe, you know, save it for later when you're in a space where you can listen to it. Because a lot of the things about death and the afterlife and the beyond, and what I mean by the beyond is like people who have done shrooms or acid or any other type of drug or have had dreams or experiences or, you know, whatever, where it's just a little bit out of reality. It's just unexplainable. It's it's beyond all what we know as physical in fact. Um, that's other stuff we're going to go into, you know, down the line. We're going to talk about that as well. But the main beginnings of this is definitely going to be about death and talking a little bit positively about it. No, not a little bit. We're going to definitely be talking positively about it. And so I don't want you to think throughout this entire series or, or whatever I'm doing here um, that I am promoting death it's more of just opening the discussion making it more normalized discussion because it's definitely something that does need To be talked about. Um, I know I plan to have an episode all about uh, writing wills. And I don't think people realize, especially young people, when you're young, you should still have a will. You should still write it out. You should still have plans for your death. Because in my experience, when when I died back in May um, and I was in recovery, I, I asked my parents, I was like, what would you have done with my body if I did actually pass? And what they said did not line up with what I actually wanted, and it made me realize that these are conversations we don't have with each other that we really should be having. Excuse me. So... I blew through a lot of my things. Let me make sure I got there So welcome. Yes. While we're doing the podcast, we went through that. I, I mentioned that we will be having guests. Um, the first few episodes are definitely going to be more focused on my story and the grimoire that I wrote and going through all of that and all the different um, aspects of it. And then eventually, yes, I will be bringing on guests and talking about their experiences, whether it be with death and dying, their experience with drugs, a paranormal experience, just something that was not what we would consider based in reality or our reality and talking about things that are beyond, yes, yes. I've, when I was talking about this podcast to people, yes, it's kind of like Midnight Gospel, um, but I'm not trying to like make a new Midnight Gospel, but I understand that that sounds like it's basically another Midnight Gospel. It's just, I guess it's my version um and from my experiences and my friends and the people that I know so if you want to think about it that way it's kind of like that but we're not gonna be doing all these fancy animations over it (laughs) so uh when it comes to consistency on the podcast uh if you know me you know that I am uh not that consistent (laughs) and I I don't keep a schedule very well I'm definitely the kind of person where I like to be busy, I like to stay active, but I don't want it to be the same thing every week. I want to be constantly doing different stuff. So keeping a schedule is a little bit hard for me because I'm kind of bouncing around all over the place, but it will be on Wednesdays, Um, ideally like 11 or noon MST, which is Colorado Mountain Time. But I don't, it's not going to be every Wednesday. So if you want to know when the podcast will be going live, because we we are streaming live on Twitch for those who are listening later on other podcast networks. I stream live on Twitch at uh, LuciferOfficial. And um, yeah, so it won't be every Wednesday necessarily, but it definitely will be on Wednesdays. And if you want to stay updated on when the lives will be done join my Discord. Um, I'll have links in bios or somewhere. like, it, Or if you follow me on social media, it's definitely in those links in those bios. Um, if you want to stay updated on it, definitely uh, join the Discord. That will be the best way to know. Like, okay, yes, I'm going to be doing it this week, just so y'all know. I'll try to tweet out as well. I'll try to keep y'all updated, but I'm just going to be real and honest with y'all that (laughs) it's not going to be the most consistent thing until I figure out my life schedule in the world. (laughs) So hopefully that is cool with you because that's what we're doing. Um, So yes, okay, consistency, it's going to be basically non-existent. What to expect, I kind of threw that out there, uh, you know, Death beyond blah, 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 blah. Um, I threw out the trigger warning. Again, I'm just going to say it again. Um, Trigger warning. This might, like, we're going to be talking about things like in the medical field, death. Like, I I don't know what guests might be talking about eventually. I will try my best to deliver trigger warnings before they happen, but I'm going to just let you know right now that. There might be triggering things said without a trigger warning later just because of flows of conversation and I apologize in advance for that. Um uh, but I'm letting you know now. <laughs> it's going to be possibly a a tough subject. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm I have morning voice basically right now. I kind of just woke up and got this all set up, so pardon me. (laughs) So let's, let's go ahead and let's dive in. I feel like I've kind of, um, introduced this as much as I possibly can. And now we just kind of have to dive in and, You can sit here and listen and be like, all right, is this for me or is it not? And this will maybe be the episode that will decide that for you. Or maybe an episode later will come around where it seems a little bit more interesting. Um, But today's episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, my history with heart disease, um, why I have died multiple times in the past, um, and then I'm going to go into what physically happened according to the doctors in my 2020 surgery and and yeah and that's gonna basically be the podcast today it's it's a very very quick intro it's just all the basics um we may or may not get into a little bit of the grimoire today but um most likely, no. That'll be probably the next episode, but we'll see where it goes. We're we're twenty minutes in, so I either have a lot of time or no time at all. We'll see how my my rambling and my my stories go. Okay, so I have heart disease. Um, I have congenital heart disease. I had, and what congenital means is that I was born. With the heart disease, um, before I was born, the doctors suspected uh, one that I would be a boy, um, and I am actually a fab, and and now non-binary. So I guess it necessarily wasn't wrong, but um, uh, they they expected me to be a MAB uh, when I was born, and when they did all the ultrasounds and everything. They didn't suspect anything wrong with my heart. I looked like a perfectly normal, healthy baby. So normal and healthy that my mom almost considered, well, actually, basically was planning to have an at-home birth. And then at the very last second when the water broke, they last minute decided, you know what, let's go to the hospital. And thank God they did. (laughs) Because when I was born, I came out as a blue baby which basically um you do come out base not like blue but like you come out blue um and what that means is that there's no oxygen uh going through your veins and basically uh came out uh, suffocating kind of um there's just no oxygen going through my blood and so what they discovered was they, they, they took me into another room, they did a bunch of different tests, and I'm going to throw a bunch of medical terms at you and then I'm going to break it down. Um, I They discovered that I have TGA, VSD, and ASD. Those are the main ones. There's a bunch of other like little things as well, but those are the main uh, diseases that I have. TGA means transposition of the greater arteries, which if you're looking at an atomical heart and you see the two big valves at the top, there's the aorta and the pulmonary valve, those two valves were switched when I was born. So instead of your heart beating and the, the flow of the blood going in a figure eight motion, like it, it does naturally, uh, normally. Uh, mine was two separate circles. And then ASD and VSD is articular septal defect and ventricular septal defect, which basically means there was a hole in the top and bottom of my septal, which is that middle part of your heart that keeps the left on the left and the right on the right. Um, Basically, there were holes in it. So therefore, um, the blood flow was just having one big mixing, mingling party. And it wasn't really going anywhere or doing anything. Um, So they immediately had to helicopter me. From one hospital to a hospital down the street, oh, I have a window open and there's a dog. I apologize. Oh <laughs> uh, don't mind the dog in the background. Um, so yeah, they helicoptered me from one hospital to another hospital that like really? was only a few blocks away, but it was such an emergency surgery that they had to helicopter me over. And when I was helicoptered over, um, right beforehand, they kind of rolled me back to my mother to let her know what was going on because last my mother heard is she gave birth and I was going to go have my first bath. Um, and that (laughs) isn't what ended up happening, so they rolled me in in this glass tube full of wires and and needles poking out of me and all sorts of stuff, and they're like, whoa, what is going on? And they're like, we just want to let you know we're helicoptering your daughter over to this next hospital. My cat, come on, girl. Figure it out. Do you want to be in the room or out of the room? Thank you. (laughs) Um... They're, they were saying, you know, we're going to helicopter over, we need to go into immediate surgery right now um, to save your daughter's life. Um, so they, then they rolled me out of the room, and according to my parents, what happened was they had a doctor come in, basically with, like, this little, not necessarily a PowerPoint, but just some documents and papers of, like, okay, so this is what's happening, and this is the heart, and this is what we see, and this is what we need to do. And it was just such a shock to my parents because from from this point they had no idea anything was even wrong and they thought I was gonna be a boy so they're already kind of like oh dang we had a boy name set up and now we have to come up with a girl name because um, you know gender roles at the time but that's a whole thing that hopefully can we pick a side of the door Arisa. <laughs> my cat cannot handle this right now, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, my, my parents were very shocked that anything was even happening. Um, they kind of gave them the lowdown and then they said, all right, uh, go home and we'll give you a call. Um, which is such a weird thing as a parent. Um, because they were telling me that, they, you know, they went to the hospital... You know, mom's belly full of baby, and and left with mom being thinner and no baby in the backseat, and they didn't know what was going on really. So, to fast forward a bit, um, they discovered all of those. They basically fixed it to an extent. Um, what was really cool is my mom at the time was a web designer and so she knew technology relatively well, um, that instead of keeping me in the hospital all the time, um... They decided to, like, set up my nursery at home as a miniature doctor's office. And, um, I, I had, like, oxygen tubes when I was a baby. And, you know, I had basically a, a normal-ish life um, as a toddler. It's just my room was full of hospital um gadgets and gizmos. And my mom would fax all of the information that she got in, um every every morning when she woke up to make sure that um everything was going okay and everything was going smooth and that way I could also be raised at home and not have to be in a hospital all the time which is really wonderful um so then age two is when the big surgery happened um I don't, I'm going to be real, I don't know all of the dirty details, but I know the big blanket things of what happened is basically when they went in, they, this was, okay, let me back up. When you, hmm, let me think, your heart is the size of your fist. So take a moment with me and just make a fist with your hand and look at it. That is how big your heart is. So imagine a newborn baby's heart, as big as a newborn baby's fist. It's not something that you can really work on. At least with the technology at the time, it was just not um, uh, big enough to be worked on. So they had to wait till I was two, till till I grew a little bit, where it was possible to do um, this work that needed to be done <clears throat> in this surgery when I was two. Um, it was, it was the big one. And this is the one that I suspect that I died in. Um, cause they told me that like, it didn't go great, but it went very well because I lived, you know, <laughs> which is basically like, yeah, we lost her for a bit, but we got her back. So it's totally fine. Um, so yeah, they did that surgery where they fixed the quote unquote fixed everything. But really, nothing is ever truly fixed when you have a congenital heart disease. It's something you still will have to live with and monitor your whole life. So in this surgery, um, they had to, for, for getting the job done, what they had to do is they had to cut off the communication between the top and bottom chambers of my heart. So now the bottom part of my heart no longer beats on its own. So at the age of two, they had to install a pacemaker into me, which if you know anything about pacemakers, you know that they're usually for people over the age of 60. Um, So it's very weird being a child with a pacemaker. People treat you very weird, but we'll get into that later. That's a whole other thing. Um... So, yeah, I had a pacemaker at the age of two, and that is what beats my heart and keeps me alive. I am 100% dependent on that pacemaker, which um, pacemakers and defibrillators can both be devices that are only um, used sparingly. Like, they only kind of kick in when they get a message from the heart that it's like, oh, no, we need some help, and they'll kick in. Um, I have 100% dependency on it. The moment the pacemaker stops working, I will die. So it has to be constantly working 24-7, and that's all because of this surgery that took place because they had to cut off the communication between the top and bottom chambers to get the the surgery done. Now, you know, getting older... Um, I'm sure at this point in the world that technology is way better where they didn't have to do that. But at the time, that's what they had to do. And at the time, um, these surgeries were finally, and this is going to sound a little weird of a sentence, but bear with me for a moment. They were finally getting to a point of success that they needed to be because before with congenital diseases, it was basically just band-aids to be like, hey, you will have a kid, um, but they could die at any point and they will never reach adulthood. Well, for me, um, I was in that first bit of a generation where um, the medical technology made it where this could possibly make it where I could reach out of childhood and actually be an adult. So it's right on this brink of technology of what's happening. So nowadays, would they have needed to cut off the communication between the top and bottom chambers? Possibly not. But at the time, this was such fresh technology, and the pacemaker was pretty fresh at the time, too, that um, they just wanted to try to get longevity out of my lifespan instead of me just having a childhood and then passing away, which I did have a friend who that is exactly what happened and we were born around the same time um, that he did not make it out of childhood like I did. So the chances of the technology at that time actually being successful to bring you past childhood was was very slim and it was very new. So I am very, very lucky to even still be here with the technology at the time. So... Fast forward a bit more, I, I have a relatively n- normal, I guess, upbringing. You know, there's trauma, but that's a different topic for another day. We're talking just medically speaking. <laughs> um, I never um, needed to be on medication. I could basically, I, I basically, honestly, I didn't really know I was a disabled person until this last year that's how normalized my disability was for me and that's how much of it it didn't ever become an inconvenience to me and my life and what I wanted to do except for the occasional like yeah I can't do contact sports but I didn't really want to play football anyway so it didn't bother me in the slightest um for the most part I was able to just be a normal kid like anybody else and If you look at me, it doesn't look like um, I have any of this. So I always talk about it as an invisible disability because you don't really know that I am until I actually speak up about it. So, yeah, two years old, got the pacemaker, yada, yada. Um, At the age of six, I had a pacemaker replacement, easy in and out surgery. It is still a heart surgery, but it is a very um, easy surgery to be done. They just make a little... At the time when you're a child, the pacemaker is in your stomach because that's where most of your fat is as a child. And then when you become an adult, they move it up into one of your breasts. Um, Typically on the left breast, but mine is actually on the right, which is um, abnormal. We'll get into that. Um, Anyway, yeah, when I was six, I had a pacemaker replacement. And then come fifth grade... Yes, fifth grade, um, I needed a pulmonary valve replacement. I didn't mention it before. When I was two, I also had to have the pulmonary valve replaced, um, which like we mentioned earlier, when you're looking at an anatomical heart, the, the top two um, arteries at the top, there's the aortic valve and then the pulmonary valve. The pulmonary valve goes towards the lungs to get oxygen. Um, the aortic valve goes out into the rest of the body. So I needed a pulmonary valve replacement. Um, The first one that I had when I was two up until the age of six was a pig valve. And then at the age of six, I got a cow valve. This, or not the age of six, in the fifth grade, pardon me. In the fifth grade, I got a cow valve. So this is the first time I remember dying. I'm going to take a drink of water real quick. Hold on. (laughs) Oh, okay. So fifth grade, I went in for my, uh, pulmonary valve replacement. Pulmonary valve replacements are open heart surgeries. They have to fully go in, cut open the chest and, and do, and do the surgery. Um, they replaced it with a cow valve. All Everything went successful. It was all totally fine. No big deal. Um, I was in recovery. And while I was laying in recovery in the hospital, I was attached to an oxygen tank, which is normal. Um, when you get out of heart surgery or just a surgery that's done on your chest, especially if um, any of the, uh, the... If the... What is it? Septum? Not septum. The, the middle part of your ribs <laughs> has to be cut open. Um... You don't breathe very well because your lungs aren't used to pushing against that, and it hurts to push against your ribs to breathe. So they do a lot of breathing training, and basically when you get to a certain point in your breath training, um, and if you can walk successfully, then you're allowed to leave. So that's the kind of the test to make sure that you're good. Um, so I was attached to oxygen, and I was sleeping, and... And I had, I guess, some sort of nightmare, maybe, or just a very active dream where I I turned really fast in my sleep. And I ended up unplugging the oxygen cord. And um, your oxygen is usually around the hundred-somethings um, as, like, a normal base. It dropped down to 20, which is basically dead. Not quite, but basically dead. So, I was in my sleep, I remember, it. I was laying there in the bed, and I remember this just very floating, light feeling, some people will explain it of like, you know, floating out of your body, it, kind of, that's the best way to explain it, but it's also not quite right, that's also gonna be a theme throughout this entire podcast, is trying to explain this stuff is so difficult because it's so different than what we experience in our day-to-day lives but that is the best way to explain it is it was very a light um floaty all of the pain everything like there was no pain it just all went away everything felt so good and so euphoric and just wonderful um Everything that was a problem in your life suddenly is just not um, any sort of little pain. And, And it's little things you don't even understand. Like, you could be sitting here right now and have some little mini joint pain in the pinky of your finger. And you may not be aware of it at all because your body is just so kind of used to it. But it's like all of the pain you've ever had is just gone. And you feel light. And you feel like you're floating. And it's such a wonderful feeling, (laughs) to be honest. Um, And when they brought me back, um, basically what they set up, while I'm sitting here floating, have just a euphoric experience. Um, In the meantime, they're rushing into my bedroom and they're putting this, like, hard like, x-ray, like, it's like a portable x-ray machine that they kind of slide under you under, like, when you're on the bed. Um, so it's a really hard thing to be laying on. They slid that under me, and they were, you know, getting, getting me back to the world, and when I finally did, uh, snap back, it literally was like a snap back, and if I'm, like, floating a couple feet up, the moment I snap back, I'm immediately Thrust it back down as if somebody like pushed me back into my body, slammed me onto the ground, um, or onto this table rather, and all of the pain that I felt immediately snaps back as well. And it's all in an instant where it makes it so much worse. The pain that you thought you were dealing with, like that little joint pinky pain, is suddenly the most excruciating pain you've ever felt in your life. Um, So that slams me back down into the reality and I remember waking up just like screaming and yelling and uh, basically telling the doctors, yelling at them, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And of course they looked at me like, what the hell? Um, And, you know, then I finally was able to calm down. Not a big deal. Everything's fine. They got me back. Went about life, you know, and that was the first time I remember experiencing experiencing death. And honestly, that is usually the explanation a lot of people um, hear when they hear about death. Oh, excuse me. Hold on one moment. Excuse me. I'm gonna drink some water. (laughs) So yeah, that feeling and that sensation is pretty normal for most people that I've talked to or that I've read, that's a pretty average, um, experience with death. So, um, moving on with life, um, when I was a freshman in high school, I had another pacemaker replacement, very quick, easy pacemaker replacement, and then, um, when in in 2019, I had another pacemaker replacement, um, and this one uh, was relatively recently because it is uh, 2021 now. Um, I remember this one, and I didn't I didn't die in this one. This one was very easy, and so easy that literally two days after the surgery, not two days out of the hospital. Two days after the surgery, I played a punk show at a festival in downtown Denver. (laughs) Like, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about, where, like, this lifestyle of constantly being in the hospital and, like, this disabilities quote unquote that I have, it never registered to me until the surgery in 2020, which is after this pacemaker one. Um, It was so normalized for me that I was like, I remember the band, so it was an emergency pacemaker surgery, and I was like, I need to go in tomorrow into the surgery, and they're like, oh my god, should we we cancel the music festival, and I was like, god no, no, we're not gonna do that, I'm still gonna go, I just need to go do a quick surgery, like, no big deal, it was so nonchalant and like of course the band was like um are you sure like this is like a, a heart surgery and I was like oh yeah like I, I do it all the time like whatever no big deal I'm always at the doctors like uh, I'll, I'll be fine you know uh, pop a few ma- painkillers beforehand and and I'll be good to go and and that's exactly what I did is I went there and I still had the scar just clear as day um, and so many people came up to me and they're like, Holy shit, like <laughs> why are you here? And I'm like, What? I'm living my life. This is what I do. I play shows. Like the the fact that it was a heart surgery and the fact that I'm disabled never clicked for me until this last year. It was so normalized that calling myself disabled now feels a little weird at times. But it's something that I've learned that it's like I am disabled and I probably should be a little bit more careful than going out and playing punk shows right after the hospital. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so incredibly normalized to me and that's what made this next one so weird and that's why my view on all of this and everything completely changed. In this 2020 surgery. So. Let's see. We're at about 45 minutes. Um, What I'm going to do is. I'm going to go over. The doctor side. Of what happened in this 2020 surgery. And kind of give you an idea. Um, And next episode. We'll go into. My side. And what I saw. When I was under and in surgery. So. Let me back up a bit. 2019, I had that pacemaker replacement where I went and played a punk show afterwards. Um, And then around this time, I um, was also in the process of moving to California. I was, I was going to go and I was going to, you know, chase my dreams. And after this pacemaker replacement, they said I had about 10 years until I needed anything major again. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay. This gives me plenty of time to go out and at least, give LA a try, you know, go out and try to do what I want to do out here um, without having to worry about anything medical. And um, I have a St. Jude pacemaker and St. Jude is based out in LA. And I was like, it'd be really great to be around that hospital in case anything does go wrong. They can help me out. Um, I ended up moving. I went out there I struggled because it's LA and, um, but I, you know what? I, I, I tried, I gave LA my best chance. And then weird things started to happen about three months in, I want to say. And I thought that the pacemaker was, was acting up. Hold on. So I went to that St. Jude hospital And, um, they didn't detect anything wrong with the pacemaker. So I was like, okay, well, I don't know what this is. So what would be happening is I'd be laying in bed. I'd be just drifting off to sleep. And then I would feel my heart stop and I would get really lightheaded. And if you've ever been like, you know, when you like stand up really fast and you see those stars in front of your eyes, it was like that. And, and it was uh, a quick moment of suffocation. So... I'd be just drifting to sleep and then I'd be like, (gasps) and, 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 and wake up again and be like, oh my God, I, I didn't feel my, my heart stopped beating. My heart straight up stopped beating for like a couple beats. And then when it came back, it like rushed back. So if my heart's beating, like it would stop. And then it'd go, As if it was trying to make up for lost time. That it went, oh shit, it stopped for a second. We need to hurry up and like, you know, correct that. And so that kept happening. And I, I ran to my roommate and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's going on. Um, And I, I don't know. It, it's, it's never happened to me before. This is so weird. This is so bizarre. And so I had her sit there with her hand on my chest. Just basically both of us hoping that it would happen again. Though we didn't want it to just hoping it would happen again, just for me to be like, am I imagining this? Like, is this in my head? I don't know. And then it happened and she felt it and she looked at me and she was like, oh my God, something is wrong. So the next day we went to the ER. We waited 12 hours in an emergency room in January 2020. (laughs) Now, spoiler alert, (laughs) if you remember, uh, COVID hit the U.S. actually, like, November 2019 or December 2019. And so no wonder we were in the hospital for 12 hours waiting because we're pretty sure everybody we were surrounded by um, was in for some sort of COVID something. And we didn't know that at the time. So we're sitting in this hospital For 12 hours. I finally get back there. I have, so with this pacemaker, this new pacemaker that I got in 2019, it has a system where um, there's like a little machine you put near your bed and it talks to the pacemaker at night when you sleep. And if there's anything wrong that it detects, it will send it directly to the doctor. So if there is anything wrong, the doctor can either immediately call you or call you the next day and say, hey, you need to come in there's something wrong um and in, my pacemaker tracks my um heartbeats and everything so it basically sends like this last week or this last day into uh the doctor to kind of you know check to make sure everything's all right and I was like okay I haven't gotten a call there hasn't been an alert that's gone off my machine maybe my sh- machines broke it Um, so I brought it into the hospital in this 12 hour day and I brought it back and I was like, Hey, this is my machine. And they're like, Oh yeah, we have the same exact machine tested it on both of them. Pacemaker was totally fine. Absolutely nothing was wrong. And of course that heartbeat skip thing wouldn't happen whenever I was in the doctors, when I was connected to all this stuff. So I was like, okay, well, and it never does. It never happens when you want it to. Um, so we're like, okay, well that's a little weird. Um, I don't know what's going on and then it kept happening and it would happen when I was at work and it would happen when I was at home and it would happen when we'd go out to shows. And I called my parents and I was like, "I think I need to move back. Something is wrong. Something is wrong." And I I don't know why. So, February, early February 2020, I moved, I packed all my stuff and I moved back in <laughs> with my parents back in Colorado so we could do all these doctor tests um we went to my doctor at first he said okay it looks like your pulmonary valve which if you remember uh the last time I got replaced was in the fifth grade um they're saying you know it looks like it's just you've grown since then the pulmonary valve itself has gotten a lot smaller it doesn't look like it's you know delivering the blood as fast as it could be um that's probably why you're getting lightheaded and getting these symptoms we just need to do a little minor minor surgery there'd be no like no incision it would just be a little port um where we're gonna go ahead and put a little mesh sleeve on the inside and just open up that valve and we're like okay cool little minor surgery no big deal I can kind of go back to life again excuse me So we went and did all these tests to prepare for that surgery. And when I went and did a CAT scan, which is like a 3D, um, rendering of the heart, that's when they noticed that the pulmonary valve wasn't just small. It was full of calcium, um, calcium deposits and calcium. So thick and so hard that it was calcifying the valve. And the valve was hardened. And this calcification was also going down into my heart and and calcifying my heart muscle as well. We later discovered that this surgery was actually five years past due. So it immediately became, oh, we're just going to do a little mini surgery To We need emergency open heart surgery right now. And this was towards end of February when we discovered this. So we're like, okay, let's schedule this surgery for March. It was like someday in the early teens, March 2020. So I started my lockdown mid February, mid to late February. Um, and then the world imploded. <laughs> and then COVID happened. And I just got all this information that I need immediate surgery right now to the doctors calling me two days before the surgery and saying, we have to put off your surgery. The hospitals are getting too full. Um, We don't know when we're going to be able to do your surgery. It's moved from an emergency surgery now to an elective surgery. Based on the state of the world. Um, And that. Was a horrifying thing to hear. At the time. Because now they're saying. We don't know when we're going to be able to. Fix you. And there's a strong possibility. That. The longer this goes on. uh, Like. I may not survive. So. So. Come May, I got a call that's like, all right, hospitals are doing a lot better now. We can finally fit you in. And um, then I was able to have the surgery, which is good. When we went into the surgery, you know, like in 2019, it was, yeah, no big deal, whatever. This happens all the time. I'm not disabled. It's just another day at the office, another day in the life, like... We were very careful about it. We knew it was still a serious thing, but I was like, oh, after this is over, I'm going to feel so much better. I'm going to be able to do so much more things. Like, I was not worried about anything going wrong in the surgery. I was just glad it was finally happening. Um, I didn't think anything would go wrong. Um, I started uh, seeing this person um, mid-February. So we've been together at this point for about three months and I was messaging them, and I'm like, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll see you after, like, ha ha ha, this really isn't a big deal, and, like, everyone around me, my band, my my partner, my friends, everybody was like, oh my god, no, you're going into, like, a major heart surgery in the middle of a pandemic, and I was like, yeah, Whatever. Uh, I didn't think about it. I was like, I'm just glad I can finally get this surgery done. Like the pandemic sucks and I'm sure we'll be fine. Like I, I was in the pediatric unit instead of the adult unit. So I wasn't around any COVID patients. So I wasn't worried about COVID or anything. Um, and it, it, I literally like when we were getting set up for surgery that morning my partner's like hey can i call you and i'm like i'm sorry they're setting up like i'll text you when i'm out i'll be out around like this time tomorrow and we'll get to facetime and i'll be on these weird drugs and it'll be really funny because i'll be all looped up um and they're like okay cool um and so I looked at my parents and I was like, ha you know, I, I, <laughs> I was getting all hooked up. They were starting to get me all ready for the surgery. I'm in the bed but in like, they get you ready in one room and then they roll you into the surgery room and then they do the surgery. So I'm sitting there with my parents. We're all laughing and joking and having a good time. Um, we didn't think to call anybody or for me to be like, you know, call my aunt or call my friends and be like, all right, like, I love you. I'm going into surgery. We're like, oh, I'll talk to them when I get out, whatever. Um... And I, I looked up at the doctor, and I was like, hey, man, can you do me a favor? And he was like, what? I was like, when we go into the surgery, can you play Duel of Fates <laughs> from Star Wars? So I feel like I'm going into an epic battle. And he was like, fuck, yes, we can. Um, so we were playing Star Wars. They were going to be all hooked up. I was having a good time. I, They started to roll me out. I looked at my parents. I was like, ah, see you later. Like, peace sign, tongue sticking out. Like, you know, it was so normal for me to do these things that we forgot how incredibly serious (laughs) open-heart surgery is and we knew it was open-heart surgery this whole time um we're just like oh yeah I've had it before and I'll do it again and I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it again like later in my life I'm gonna need another one anyway so it's just it wasn't a big deal um I went into the surgery they replaced the they, they opened me up They went to replace the pulmonary valve, and they found out that the one that they had for me was actually too big. So this eight-hour surgery turned into a 12-hour surgery because they had to go find another valve that would fit. Um, They found the valve. They put it in, sewed me up all nice and clean, rolled me into the um, recovery room. Everything was going fine. Um, It wasn't until... If I remember the timeline correctly, I might be a little bit wrong because this is based on what everybody else told me. (laughs) It was like in the morning um, breakfast-ish time where um, it failed. The valve failed and I was completely sealed up and the valve failed. This is where I died. We'll go into what I saw, but this is what was happening on the doctor's end is. I failed. They had to reopen me up. So now at this point I've had two back to back open heart surgeries. They had to reopen me up. The doctor went in and massaged my heart back to life. So, nobody would tell me how long I was dead for. But based on that information, it must have been a few several minutes, I would think. Um I know that it wasn't super long. It wasn't like hours or anything like that. But I, obviously, it wasn't seconds. (laughs) It had to have been a couple minutes or so. He physically massaged my heart back to life. And at that point, when when you have major surgery, twice, back to back, your body is so incredibly swollen. So what they had to do is they had to keep my chest open. They had to put, um, like, this wrap around me and you could look into my chest cavity and see my heart beating. I actually have a video of it, and if anybody wants to see it, um, I'll I'll probably put somewhere in the Discord a space where it it will be protected, so i just like full-on pictures of things, but I'll put a link if anybody's curious of what I looked like during this time and to see the heartbeat inside of my chest. Um, I have a little mini video of it. I'll put that in the Discord later. but yeah, they, they kept my chest open. So I went into surgery on Thursday. I was supposed to wake up on Friday. I had my chest open basically at this point now from Friday through... It was either Monday or Tuesday. Um, and I didn't wake up until Wednesday. Um, so... Uh, Yeah, so they had my chest open. I was put in a medical-induced coma um, with the drug fentanyl, which, if anybody has heard about it recently, has been all over the news of being waste and stuff. That's what fentanyl is for. It's for putting people in a medical-induced coma. Um, So I was on that fentanyl for about a week. And um, they kept me asleep. I remember everything I saw when I was in that coma. Um, I experienced things when I was in that coma. And then Wednesday, when I woke up, my dad asked me, you know, what day do you think it is? And I said, oh, it's Friday, like, you know, it's after my surgery. I, I really thought that I had some, like, crazy nightmares or dreams during my surgery. Um, in such a short period of time. But then dad informed me that I have actually been asleep for about a week. Um, so yeah, that is pretty much what happened. And then I had, you know, I was woken up and I had recovery from there and lived when I, when I woke up, it was Wednesday, but I wasn't able to look at media until about Monday, the following Monday, um, because my eyes were sealed shut um, you know, it was just hard to look at screens, and so when I finally did look back at the world, it was the day the George Floyd riots happened, and that's the world I woke up into. After all of this stuff that I experienced, I left the world being like, everybody's talking about May the 4th and Star Wars, and I just wanted to listen to Star Wars and have a good time, too. Um, police stations are being burnt down and that is like the moment everything changed based on what i saw and what i felt and what i experienced and then waking up into almost a very different world it it was quite an experience so that's going to be the end of the podcast today <laughs> just giving you all the physical hard realities of what was happening, and, and a brief history of my medical condition to give you some backstory before we get into what I saw in the quote-unquote beyond. Um, so yes, I will see you next time. We're gonna start talking about what I saw when I died, and what I saw in the coma, and yeah, it's gonna be a good time. I hope you're along for the ride it's gonna be pretty heavy just like that whole story was and I know that's quite quite a heavy uh a way to end the podcast but it helps definitely give you perspective of what this is and who I am and yeah we're gonna go from there so I hope you all have a wonderful fantastic day and I will see y'all Next time that I do this, maybe next Wednesday, maybe not. Let's be real. (laughs) But I will see y'all when I see ya. Goodbye.